0: All right, folks, it is September, and that means that we just had a cyber AB town hall that wrapped up on Tuesday. So we're going to go over uh, and recap what they talked about in the town hall. And they got some numbers. These town halls are getting better and better. Honestly, I feel like the the trend recently over the last few months, town halls are putting out better information more consistently. They're a lot less squishy than they used to be uh, in the medium term past, sort of in the the, the depths of rulemaking winter when there really wasn't a lot of information. So, um, you know, there was some
1: interesting information put out. Uh, let's get right into it. Well, September also represents the end of summer, which makes me terribly sad. Um, and the way that the AB wanted to cap off the end of the summer is to give us some statistics in, in a couple different areas uh, revolving around the program. And, and so the first breakdown that we got from Matt Travis was uh, the ecosystem breakdown, the the cadre that exists within the CMMC ecosystem, the C3PAOs, the RPs, RPOs, RPAs, CCP, CCAs, all that, all that jazz, right? And so I got a couple things that I find extremely interesting and that are beneficial um, to some of the conversations that people are having about CMMC and, and maybe some of the constraints that the program may experience, right? And so when we talk about how many people are in the CMMC ecosystem um, and how the program's going to fire off? A lot of the times, the conversation that we have revolves around the assessor pool, right? The assessor mm-hmm. capability, the ability That's to provide assessments. The first assessments. thing people point to is how many assessors are there? What's the assessment capacity? And what a coincidence. It's the first thing I'm going to point to. There CCAs, right? In the ecosystem as of August 2023, right? Certified CCAs, 143 total. That is. Uh, more than I thought there would be, honestly. Yeah, I agree
0: uh, because like Matt Travis said, just like there's a bunch of organizations waiting on the sidelines for things to go final to get their certs, there's a lot of people and organizations on the assessment side who are waiting for things to go final before they throw in to be an assessment organization or be an assessor, right? I mean this is it's it's two sides of the same coin. so all things
1: considered, Uh, nearly 150 CCAs is uh, more than I thought there would be at this point. 150 completely ready to go. Then you have 102 additional that have gone through the process and been trained, right? They have taken the the LTP training that is authorized by the AB or the Keiko and and they are ready. All they have to do is test out, right, and go through the Mm -hmm. suitability requirements. I I would imagine that a lot of those
0: uh, 140 ish CCAs will probably be the people who go through lead assessor as well when that's ready Mm -hmm. and you only need one lead assessor for an assessment team. So uh, when people talk about that's not a whole lot of assessors, that actually is kind of a lot because I'm sure you're going to get into the CCP numbers, but If you only need one lead assessor to run a full team, then uh, you don't need four lead assessors for one
1: assessment. You only need one and then a bunch of lower level certs to go with it. Yeah. I mean, there were some people that were just chomping at the bit waiting for certified capabilities to be released. And and, and that pathway to go and to get tested out. Um, And then so you have 509 CCP certified CMMC professionals. 509. That's a a big number.
0: That's a lot. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's quite a bit. So, I mean, that is, if you only need, let's say you get, let's say you get a hundred, let's say you get a hundred lead assessors and Mm -hmm. you have 500 CCPs and the balloon goes up tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. That's enough for quite a few assessment teams to get started. And if they're all working on it full time, that's a lot more capacity than I think people, uh, are willing to admit it's, it's certainly, it. it's like we said before, there will never be enough assessment capacity, but for the fact that the program hasn't even started yet and you've got enough for dozens and dozens of assessment teams at a minimum, mm-hmm. um, that's a lot. And like we, like my favorite point is everyone talks about the constraint on assessment capacity as if every company that's going to go out for a CMMC certification is even qualified to get a certification, right. right? The constraint that people really need to worry about is the implementation constraint, which we got some spicy details about how much about the numbers behind uh, implementation constraints. We're going to talk about a little later.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you you want to have the assessment capabilities in place. You want to have that assessment pool in place uh, of certified professionals um, to perform the assessments or CCAs, right? Um, but realistically the largest demand when things really really start kicking off is going to be on those CCPs right 100%. and so you have 500 of those 500 people who are certified against CMMC practices right you want you want to know what's even more 1500 plus. People have taken CCP training and just need to test. I, it we
0: it. should go back and look because I remember uh, this would have been maybe a year ago. I remember mm-hmm. on the town hall they talked about what their estimate for a sufficient number of assessors would be for the DoD's estimates, and I think it was like somewhere between two and four thousand bodies. Yep. And so, if you're talking about if you're talking about five hundred CCPs so far with another, what did you say,
1: twelve hundred? Fifteen hundred. So that's two thousand CCPS. Two thousand CCPS. If in a perfect world, everything goes perfect. right, right? We're we're sitting two thousand easy, right? Well, let's
0: let's just let's just for the sake of 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 rounding down, let's say we get fifteen hundred, right? Yeah. Or or let's say you get a thousand CCPS with um a hundred and fifty CCAs and a hundred lead assessors, right? You are twenty five percent, thirty percent, or more to the estimate of what you need for full
1: assessment ecosystem capacity and the rules not even published yet? Well, yes. Yes and no, right? The no part to that, Jacob, is that um, how many of these people are CCP trained just to help their own organization, right? For their sure. Organizational now, specific, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is
0: like, you got, you got all these people in the queue, there's an asterisk next to all of them. Say, on the conservative side, let's go with, Let's go with even less. Let's cut it in half, and let's say that the the DOD and the AB were to say we are uh, eighteen months out from the publication of the uh, let's say it's let's say we're we're eighteen months out from from rollout in contracts, right? We're planning on Q one of twenty twenty five when they publish the the rule, assuming it's a proposed rule here in the fall. That's going to immediately jump up the numbers for registrations, right? So we're we're not trending down. Every time we talk about an AB town hall, the numbers are trending up. So let's say they came out. What are we at? 15% of their estimated capacity requirements?
1: 10%? Yeah. 20%? We're not at zero. We're not in single digits mm-hmm. here. I mean, and that, we're talking... that's certified positions only. Let, let's talk about the right. ones that aren't technically certifications, right? RPs, right. 2,300 of them. Dude, RPS RPA is ninety two. I'm just. Now, and I, I believe. I believe Matt when he says there's a lot of people on the sideline
0: waiting to jump in as things mm-hmm. start to crystallize. I would hundred percent believe that. I just. My point is, I'm happy that the AB is putting these numbers out there. I'm happy they're saying it. I. I hope they refine the way that they describe it even more, and maybe compare it with some of those original capacity estimates. Because everybody goes, "There's not enough capacity. There's not enough capacity." And then you look at the mm. way the numbers are going. And if you extrapolate that forward, even conservatively over the next 12 to 18 months, you've got enough capacity to handle the people who will be ready for an assessment to begin with.
1: Absolutely, The people who won't be ready for an assessment aren't a capacity constraint. Absolutely. Um, The last, and I wanted to say this for last because it's the easiest one for us to touch on, is the C3PAOs and and the cadre makeup of C3PAOs. We're up to 48. We were at 44 last month, I do believe. Um, 48 are active. So 48 have gone through all the measures, just waiting for rulemaking to finalize to be certified, right? Um, yeah. 257 active. So there's more than 257 candidate C-3PO's, but active ones, ones that are still actively pursuing it, 257. That's a lot. That's, that's 305 right there. If all that's of a those lot. And right. when,
0: you see, when you see names on the chart of active certified C-3PO's, mm-hmm. Those are not all the same size company. Like mm-hmm. you can't tell me that the uh, scrappy garage band side C3PAO, which is probably great, is going to be the same 12 months after CMMC starts to roll out as Booz Allen Hamilton. Right. right. Booz, Booz Allen is going to rotate associates into CMMC assessments until the cows come home. They're mm-hmm. not going to do that right now. And so this is like what this is what Matt's talking about with all these people waiting on the sideline, right? You've got companies that size, right? Very large auditing and consulting firms that have their C3PO waiting and ready to go. You know that as soon as the the signal goes up, they're going to start slamming bodies into those positions. So I just the assessment capacity thing is not the primary constraint that people need to worry about.
1: But wait, there's more. <laughs> There are 191 organizations that have applied to be C3PAOs that have not. They, you know, it's a whole process, right? Yeah, you got to sure. pay, pay fees, you got to go through verification processes, paperwork, all that application, everything, and then you got to be assessed and, and XYZ, right? right? Um, there's 191 that are waiting for that process to make sure that they're good enough, right? To be because they can only they can only get their C3PAO
0: assessment based off of Dibcac's capacity. And DibCAC is notorious for having very low levels of capacity just because the team's not that big.
1: So let me be just naive for a second, right? <laughs> and let, let me let me think. Everything's gonna go perfect. All of these organizations are gonna move to the authorized status. Everybody here that has the capability and intent's gonna everybody here has the intent also has the capability to achieve that that status, right? So let's let's do the math here. It's carry one, two, three, five, four, five, almost five hundred C three PAOs. Wait a minute. Wait a wait lot. a minute. Let's mm-hmm. let's think about this for a second. We have forty eight authorized now. Mm-hmm. You are talking about the ability to scale the ecosystem, the assessor pool, at least with organizations tenfold. Right. Just do it conservatively and say there's with what's in the pipeline. Just cut
0: it in half and say, and say there's 250 companies. Correct. That's a lot. That's a lot. And so I'm, it's like we've said again and again, the every month goes by and the numbers keep going up. And like everyone is saying, the numbers haven't even really taken off because everyone's waiting for the rule to come out. So, you know, you, you can only rely on this, well, there's not enough assessment capacity thing for so long. That is not a sufficient reason to wait on your implementation. I mean, I'm glad that the AB is starting to share the numbers
1: uh, more. Absolutely. More. And the numbers are good. I, I like the numbers. You know what? I think you'll like more than the numbers we just shared, though. You know we like MythBusters. What's better than uh, a regular MythBuster segment?
0: A rulemaking MythBuster. The and best that's what I we got. Yeah,
1: Because I feel like... The rule making is the the realm of myths, man. I mean it is. And I want to do it like this. I want to switch it up just a little bit, right? Let's uh when we do this, I want to read off what the rumor is. Okay. And then I want you to read off the fact or tell us what the actual fact is that okay. was relayed.
0: Okay, snap snap response here. We'll see. We'll see if I get it right.
1: Okay. So the rumor, the CMMC Title 32 rule will emerge from the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs, OIRA, later this year as an interim final rule. Uh, no one knows if that's
0: true or not. That is 100% r- a rumor. Like, right. Well, where, well, okay, so a couple things. Like we've said a million times, no one knows what the status of the rule will be when it's published. The, the, what status the rule receives when it is published means a lot, Because if it is an interim final rule, that rule basically is effective immediately and CMMC would start rolling out as a program and in contracts in Q1 of 2024. If it's a proposed rule, which means the government has to wait and collect all the public comments and respond to all the public comments by publishing a second final rule, that usually takes them about a year, it would start rolling out in Q1 of 2025, right? So the status does matter. But OIRA is the one that makes the determination about whether it will be interim final or whether it will be proposed. And over the last several months, the community has seemed to reach a consensus that it will be a proposed rule. I have said until I have been blue in the face that no one really knows. There's a case for both. There's a Mm -hmm. case for interim final. There's a case for proposed. Either way, at this point for most companies, it doesn't really matter because either scenario, if you haven't started your implementation on eight hundred one seventy one rev two, you're out of time. You're out of you're out of time. So Absolutely, to, it doesn't matter which status it gets. It doesn't even matter if DOD takes longer than average at this point for them to deal with a proposed rule and the comment responses in a final rule. The timelines have inverted completely. We're even going to talk about that with some firsthand
1: accounts here in a minute. Yeah, I, I, and that I mean, I mean, let's just this, think about uh, that. Let's just think about I, like, if that if that nobody,
0: rumor, if, that nobody uh-huh. were true, if that rumor if uh-huh. that were true, and let's say that the rule does get published as an interim final rule, CMMC would be an official codified program starting to roll out in contracts. It in, in January in in March, mm-hmm. like in six months. Yep. What are you ta- What are you talking about? That would be. That for companies that haven't gotten started, for companies that are not ready to go, that is the worst case scenario. So everyone should hope that that's a rumor. Now, which one's going to
1: happen? Nobody knows. Nobody. Knows. People will say a lot of things to get other people to listen to them. And the fact is, is that, you know, what's not being said is what the status of the, of the rule is going to be in an official capacity. And the reason why is because anybody that knows what the status of the rule is going to be, or even thinks they know what it's going to be, and is involved in the process, is not talking to the people that are going to go no. out and run their mouth about it in the, public. No, right? the people, like,
0: OIra is an office of like forty-five people, top to bottom, or something like if that. You
1: expect, feel, yeah, that if you expect, yeah, if you expect Jacob to get an inside scoop about something, they know he's going to run his mouth about it, dude. I like, would.
0: That would be OIra. Call me. I'll keep it on the DL. I promise. But uh, yeah, nobody is going to know. It won't matter, though, because based off of the OIRA review timeline, historically, like we talked about before, we should know by the end of October. Right. Yeah. Coming up in like 60 ish days, you know, uh, <laughs> trick or treat. Are we getting proposed rules? Are we getting interim final rule? Right. Are you getting you getting uh, full size candy bars? Or are you getting a, a roll of pennies? Uh,
1: neither of them. <laughs> Pennies uh. again. <laughs> I mean,
0: Wyra oh, last year. Right? Oh, Ira gives out the worst so, candy. So All right, I gave so, hardbound yeah.
1: copies of fifty-three. Second, second rumor in fact. Let's go, let's get back on the roll here. Is that the rumor is the various CMMC documents, documents you say that were briefly made available on the reginfo.gov website earlier this month can and should be relied upon. As CMMC policy and doctrine. So, in case you didn't know, there was a leak. There sure was, and those documents leaked were apparently a honeypot, right? To get big people, a guy with a big red beard, another guy that likes to talk a lot, um, to divulge was... themselves into what it belongs in. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure
0: that it was, the, you know, some four D chess move head fake to like throw us off the trail because we're just, we we're, we know too much. And so they put out false information. Should you rely, just like we said in the, in the episode where we covered it, right? Should you rely on them as the absolute gospel of what will be in the rule? No, because no. they say draft on them and they were released in an unofficial capacity. Should you read them? Are they probably going to be pretty close? Uh, did it look like a, uh, pure accident that caused the government to absolutely freak out and take them down less than a day later. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of smoke here, so read them and be familiar with them so that you're aware of what's coming around the corner. But just like we said in that episode, uh, it doesn't matter if they change a little bit because there's nothing new in there. There's, there's no, there's no big reveal. There's no big change. There's no rug pull inside the document. It's the same CMMC we've been talking about since the end of 2021 with a couple of details that got, you know, whether the DoD was going to zig or zag on mm-hmm. MSPs, whether they're going to zig or zag on security protection assets. We'll link to the episode that we talked about below. They say draft and they were released unofficially. So, no, they're not
1: the rule. I'm probably pretty close to the rule, but they're not the rule. Take it with a grain of salt. Be smart. The official answer that you were looking for is that those documents were posted inadvertently and prematurely. They will undergo revision and should not be relied upon by this CMMC is, stakeholders. This is
0: the First of all, it was the most CMMC thing ever for us to have waited years for the rule to come out. And then OIRA, at long Dude. last, at long last, after DOD finally got the rule out of the Pentagon and they handed the ball to OIRA, Elyra didn't even have the ball a week and they were like, whoa. And then it's like out on the internet. You're like, what are you guys doing? But on top of that, they haven't made an official statement, right? That the AB is is giving what sounds like a very government-ish statement on what occurred. Like, come on. People who are listening to this, you know what's going on, right? They messed up. They tipped their hand. They're still draft documents. They're not the real thing. S- some stuff might change. Just, Just if you have access to them
1: read them, be familiar with them. So you kind of get a feel of what's coming around the corner and then just be ready. I, I don't want to hear anybody complain about the DOD not giving them what they want. Okay. Everybody that's involved in this program is saying, all oh, I want to know, I just want a little peek at it, a little peek at the rule. What's going on in the rulemaking process. Here you go. They gave you the little peek. Now everybody's up well, in arms all of a sudden. And that's,
0: and that's, and that's really the, the big thing, right? Is if you don't think it's real, like you it's don't real. think CMC is happening. Uh, I guess, what do you, where do you think all these documents came from? Right. Like, th- anyways, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, don't rely on them as facts.
1: Watch that previous episode of the link below. Nobody thinks Bigfoot's real until they encounter an eight foot bear in the woods that can run 22 miles an hour. Yeah. So, last thing, this is a very, very interesting set of numbers here, Jacob. And we have something that's going to spin off of this, but I wanted to talk first and foremost. We are one year in. To the joint surveillance voluntary assessment program one year ago today the ab first the, the cap the draft cap came out we remember that and everybody peewee herman's you know word of the day ah cap um and then they were like well we have this cap and what we're going to do is we're going to start getting some of these assessments out of the way with this joint surveillance assessment program is going to come in c3paos are going to be guided it's going to work jointly and they're going to provide cmmc based missed 800 171 assessments Um, And it is the intent of the DOD for these assessments to turn into CMMC certifications. That's Mm -hmm. all pending rulemaking. In one year, the statistics are 109 total candidates attempted to or participated in or are waiting to participate in uh, the Joint Surveillance Voluntary Assessment Program. Okay. So 109 organizations wanted to get assessed. 22 organizations completed assessments. Completed means passed, right? Cause yeah. Yeah. 17 more assessments are in progress right now or are scheduled to get started when a, resources become available. That's 39 right there. That's 39 of the 109. 15 organizations have been deemed eligible and are s- with waiting on scheduling. So they are actually waiting so like
0: 50% of the companies that were like, Hey, let's go.
1: Well, here's, I think 55 total of the, 55 total organizations that signed up for this program are either in the process where they're getting reviewed to see if they're eligible for it or not, or 25 total organizations either withdrawn from it or were told you're not ready to go. Sure. Okay. Okay. So 25, you're, you're looking at like 22%, 23% of the organizations that were like, yeah, we're ready to go actually weren't ready to go. Sure. Yeah, so take your assessment capacity Our, concerns and
0: uh, and and reduce them by 20% because correct. <laughs> the early adopters who wanted to show up about, you know, 22% of them were like try again
1: next month. And then this is very very interesting because one of these 22 organizations that completed an assessment gave us a nugget of information that yeah. I I could not have I promise you that this Reddit username that we are about to release or talk about is not me. Yeah. We know. Jacob. Yeah. Okay. So it's not you. It's not me. Okay. So
0: the JSVA numbers, very, very interesting. The the number of companies that assuming that DOD's intent holds up, right? Mm -hmm. When the rule is done, they would be grandfathered into having a CMMC certification. Going through a joint surveillance assessment means that they were assessed by a C3PAO according to the CMMC assessment guide, just sort of supervised and overviewed by DOD's DibCAC auditing team as this interim way of conducting CMMC assessments by another Mm -hmm. name, right? So imagine if DOD intent carries through and everything works out, the day that the CMMC rule is up and then this it starts to roll out, you're instantly going to have, what, 22, 30, 30 plus companies that have 100% CMMC certifications, right? Mm-hmm. That is what they should say. They should shout it from the mountaintops. What it means before that is there are companies, now almost two dozen of them, that have 100% gone through and fully succeeded at completing a CMMC assessment. It's just not called that yet until the rule is done. So to your point, uh, recently on the CMMC subreddit, a user called Volcano Nacho, who uh, so is, is, is so a amazing. is a 100% real person. You can look through their post history, their comment history. This is a real person uh, posted. And they said, mission accomplished, great success. I don't remember what the title of the post was. And they posted a picture of their, perfect 110 score in SPRS resulting from their joint surveillance assessment, right? This is a real person at a real company who went through a real CMMC certification and was really, really successful. They did the thing. The best Mm -hmm. part is that in this, these comment threads, they start talking about some of their experience in going through The assessment. So just as a quick overview, right? They posted in two different subreddits, which we'll link below. They had a perfect 110 score as a result of their JSVA. Joint surveillance assessment is a CMMC assessment by a C3 PAO with DibCAC along in order to, you know, uh, weave it through the bureaucracy in order for it to be able to happen. To be very clear, before we get into the details, we have no business relationship with this organization. They did everything 100% in-house. This user is neither of us. You can check the comment history, and I think that will be very apparent. In fact, uh, this Reddit user previously has comments that are critical of Summit 7 and the information that we've put out regarding rulemaking timelines. So uh, I think that's a debate uh, that we can probably have at a different time about how how that information is put out and why it's put out. It's based off of DoD statements, a lot of times statements that they give to Congress directly. So... Take it up with the DOD if you don't like them changing the timeline. But I point that out because this is not an affiliate. This is not a shill. This is not an AstroTurf thing. This is 100% free-range, organic, all-natty experience from a company that didn't work with us, that went through the program, and it's actually happening out there in the ecosystem. Okay. So they talk about the nature of their business. They are a medium-sized organization. They work as both a prime and a sub They primarily do software development and R and D. They're not a traditional manufacturer. Their environment is a combination of Linux and windows devices. They have a lot of windows 10 laptops. They use a lot of the office 365 offerings, all of their IT operations and security and compliance are managed in house, which makes me think that on the scale of small to medium, they're probably on the medium plus side here because most small and medium-sized businesses especially manufacturers do not have the in-house capacity in order to manage a project like this uh, as far as scope goes their entire uh, organization their entire enterprise underwent assessment they did not try to aggressively scope anything out everything was in scope so you're talking there's no there's no magic here right they really did the thing on hard mode okay so,
1: so wait yeah before you before you go in you know, does this or does this not sound like a situation where an organization found out they had CMMC requirements and they went to the IT team and they were like, "Figure this out."
0: Yeah, well, so we can maybe we'll we'll get to my my reading of the tone of their uh, of their comments and stuff at the end. Let's just get through the facts of sort of what they okay. say in their in their comment conversation interactions with other Reddit users, not us. Right, we're not this person. The, per, the people communicating with them in the thread are not us. We're just bringing this up to the attention for the audience. So a bunch of stuff came up about their actual interactions with their auditors, with the C3PO team. And they said a significant portion of our interactions with auditors revolved around ensuring clarity and precision of our documentation. Right. Hmm. And this is something that I think is widely Hmm. known for the people who are paying attention, right? A lot of that documentation does not exist because your IT team or your MSP is good at what they do and they're smart and they don't have to prove it to anybody else. So it's just in their heads, but that's not what we're trying to do with the CMMC program. You're trying to provide assurance to the government that you're doing what you're saying you're doing. So when you show up, the documentation isn't necessarily for you, it's for them for Mm -hmm. a reason it's like showing your work on a math problem that's great that you got the right answer how did you get the right answer right we've all had to show our work in math class the documentation is showing your work in the math of compliance right so that's one of the first things that they say in the thread they also say It's paramount to ensure that your documentation accurately reflects your operations and directly addresses each assessment objective in 800-171A. All roads lead back to 800-171A. Your documentation and your operations need to match and they need to match in contrast to the determination statements in 800-171A period, end of story. Okay, they say that the depth of the audit was commendable Every control underwent meticulous scrutiny. There were no freebies or, or, or stuff that they were skipping over. Okay. So there was a group of comments about challenges with the controls. They said no individual control posed insurmountable challenges, right? There was no control where they were like, this is impossible to do, which I found very interesting because they said mm-hmm. it was very detailed. The audits were very in-depth but it was not impossible. This is something that our colleague, Daniel Akerage, loves to stress to people as much as possible. There's a lot involved. This is a complicated problem. It is a specialized problem, but it is not an impossible problem. It is 100% doable. And this is a perfect case study from the field that companies are really doing the thing. Okay, so this was one that jumped out to me. He said, however, the time factor was significant. As a small business, for them, the entire setup spanned at least three years, at least three years, right? So this is them doing it entirely in-house. So you can agree with us as this user, you can agree with the information we put out, you cannot agree with the information we put out. We routinely tell people that the average implementation time for companies in our portfolio is 12 to 18 months. This company not working with us, did it 100% in-house, they were very successful, took them upwards of three years, right? What it Mm -hmm. does not take, this is not saying that our approach is faster and better and blah, blah, blah. We're not selling you here. What I'm saying is it take, it doesn't take two weeks. It doesn't take two months, right? If you're out there and you think that you're just going to be able to do this project in like 48
1: hours, that it it, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. Okay. And other unrelated Reddit posts will tell you that because they're out there too. Yeah.
0: This person, three years, we see 12 to 18 months, right? I mean, just, just, Put your ear to the ground and read some of these stories from companies that are going through DibCAC high, which will eventually mean they will be CMC level three joint surveillance assessments, early adopters that are getting ready for their CMC level two. You're talking 12, 18, 24 months. No question. Okay. He said constant dedication is required for compliance upkeep like document reviews, log audits incident response plan tests, right? The life cycle of maintaining an actual InfoSec program in your organization is not a point in time exercise. Even though the assessment is often criticized as being a point in time snapshot of your program, your program does not only happen one week every three years, right? It's a constant thing that needs care and feeding. Okay. Part people probably be very interested in when they start talking about cost. So they wouldn't go into the details of which C-3PO they used and what the exact costs were. And the first thing that they said was, costs will vary based on the size and scope of your environment. As if mm-hmm. they were the DOD putting their cost estimate in the rule directly, right? Your costs will be highly variable depending on the specifics of your situation, which is exactly why DOD is not going to estimate what the specific costs will be when they publish the rule coming up, especially because that has to do with eight hundred one seventy one. 171 And DFAR-712, not with the CMMC rule. Anyways, okay. They said the cost was not cheap. It was more than 50K. Somebody said, was it more or less than 50K? They said more than 50K. In a separate thread from several months ago, uh, when I was uh, (laughs) snooping through their comment history, they (laughs) said that we spent at least 100K on preparation and the JSV audit combined, right? So- Let's say that somewhere in there, they are talking 50K for what their joint surveillance assessment was, another 50K on remedi- remediating everything. They already have an, an in-house an in IT team based off this person's comment history in uh, cloud security subreddits, compliance subreddits, tech subreddits. They know what's going on. They already had a bunch of stuff in place. But you're talking six figures for that company over the course of three years all-inclusive of implementation and assessment, right? Scott Edwards, CEO of Summit 7, says this every time you put a microphone in front of him. He says, CMMC is a six-figure problem because most companies haven't gone through their implementation. Here's somebody not even affiliated with us that's corroborating that that, that Mm -hmm. number. Okay. As far as cost for your team setting everything up, expect hundreds of overhead hours right which which is exactly where that three year thing came from right It's hundreds of hours for an IT team to be able to go from where they were to a 110 assessment perfect result assessment ready result right mm-hmm. it is he's not joking here he's saying in multiple threads multiple people phrasing it in different ways which makes me think this is this is a true statement from them. Okay, uh, this was some interesting insight from them as well. They talked about how we don't really know if it's going to convert into a CMMC assessment. And they say it was a gamble for us to go through this without a guaranteed CMMC cert once it's official. Our C3PA was pretty awesome. So if that does happen and they they don't convert, uh, I bet they would make uh, the second audit very easy for us. And that makes sense because their C3PA already went through the assessment with them. So mm-hmm. you're- you're not going to be starting over from scratch just because you don't get automatically grandfathered in. I would say, in my opinion, C3 PAOs that have JSVA candidates, if the rule does not allow those JSVA candidates to automatically get their CMMC certification are going to try and very quickly get those people that they certified through the process to get them their CMMC cert, because the C3 PAOs, want their logos on their website to say here's who we certified and went through the process right so you're not starting over from another three-year cycle so just because it doesn't get grandfathered does not mean that you're going to fall off a cliff here right so i thought that was some very interesting uh insight from them and there were just a couple of extra sort of miscellaneous comments here to get into uh so there was a comment from a different user from a different user not the not Volcano Nacho, not the person who went through the assessment, not from that company, but from a different user. They said, we are in the process of updating our score. In March of 2021, it was a negative 130 or so. I'm not expecting much above zero at this point. Nobody is taking this seriously. One of our primes has already stopped allowing us to bid until we have a quote, decent score, but there's nothing I can do. Everyone is giving me pushback on doing any any sort of changes until, quote, everything is final, right? Dude. I mean, if, if you could pick a microcosm of what is going on in the CMC ecosystem, these two Reddit threads are it. You have IT people lamenting the inability to get their organizations to get up and running. And you've got another IT person talking to them, saying, this is what it took. This was our experience. This is how long, this is how much. There's technical discussions in there that people would probably be very interested in. I mean, this is the real conversation. This is the heartbeat of the community here. All you need to do is go look at what's happening and you'll see what's going to happen when the rule comes out. I mean, it's a, it's a, this
1: set of threads is amazing. It's, yeah. So it's the one thread, right? The one post on Reddit Generated this information, and that makes it such a perfect post. And what exactly the ecosystem needs to see and represent—that you spent time—and I, I like how you had to like subtly try to mix it in there. That you creeped on this person's Reddit yeah. history to make uh, sure yeah. that they were like, who, they, they were a real life boy. You know, they're um, not a
0: still, and, they're not they're not a C three c3pao astroturf account, right? Right, and this is a real Reddit user with real people stuff on their Reddit account. And they are like, here was our experience. And they're even critical of what we do for months
1: ago. So I was like, everyone should go read this. Take, and it, from, what it, don't take it from us. <laughs> and what it represents is the end of the spectrum. The two battles that are, are taking place. Either you were internal and you were being asked to do something. And I would like to know um, from Volcano Nacho, exactly. Uh, it's so, so weird saying that, dude. I don't even know if I can keep a straight face. Um, but what I would like to know from this Reddit user it's um, how much of the, the technology that they, that they used and they ended up using to meet the 110 was already existent in the infrastructure yeah. or how much had to be brought in, how much additional specialized knowledge and training had to be brought in so that they could meet the requirements and how much did that contribute to the overhead hours? Yeah. Obviously, that's the question. The other thing is, is that this is what it's like, because obviously there was a huge cultural shift that they had to go through. Three years worth of a cultural shift, yeah. three years worth of a battle and proving and justifying to management. And this is yeah. what it's like when your management backs you and buys in and when yeah. they don't back you and they don't buy in. And This, this, this is this, how
0: difficult this, it can be. This lines up with what um, Matt Carson, uh, our friend over at DEFCERT at his previous position at a defense contractor, said at his presentation at CS2 Tampa where he said it took them about two or three years and they Mm -hmm. have an in-house IT team. Matt's a very smart, very technical guy. And it took them a long time to get up and running. So, you know, for people listening to this, if you're not that company and and you're starting from a position where you don't have a Matt, you don't have a Volcano Nacho, you don't have a Jason Sprosser sitting inside your company, right? You're going to have to outsource that work to somebody. And it's still going to take a long time like even if you fully outsource everything to us it still takes 12 to 18 months on average not because that's how long it ought to take that's just how long it ends up taking so Absolutely. in-house in-house 100% doable they give cost, they give time they give details they give some technical information there's other people in there having conversation check out the threads it's real folks it's happening right this is uh, this is a company that strategically decided to do it They spent the money. They spent the time. And if it comes out when that rule is done, that they are grandfathered in, they are going to be one of 20, 30, 40 companies that will immediately be CMMC certified. So what's the story going to be then? You've got two dozen plus companies certified, ready to go. You've got however many dozens and dozens of C3PO teams ready to go, right? Like, Look at what's
1: coming. Look at what's coming. It's, it's obvious here. So it's two different scenarios, and both of them are beneficial. Neither one of them is less beneficial for the ecosystem to hear about than, their other, than the other. But which one of these, you personally, do you feel like are a better story um, for the motivation of the dip? A story of an organization that's in their shoes going through it and achieving it and getting their 110? Or Microsoft, federal? going through it, eating their own dog food, which are products and services that a majority of these companies would use, and them getting a 110. I think it's always it's always
0: going to be more relatable if you've got a company that looks underdog like, right? yeah, they, they look yeah. and sound like other companies in the dip, right? If you've got yeah. situations where you've got a, a company that has the same type of issues, same types of constraints as everybody else, and they were able to do it, that's always going to be you know, the, 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 the knock on a company like Microsoft or some of the large C-3PO's is like, you have an army of people who- 100%. It's literally, literally their job. But now we've got companies from the Microsofts down to the Volcano Nacho uh, contractor. You've got C and every C size C-3PO in between and every other company that's gone through JSVA that have gone through a CMMC assessment with a C-3PO observed by DoD and they've all been successful. It is yeah. not- an impossible thing to do. So the reason I say that is is not to finger wag at people or not to patronize them because the way that DOD will frame the conversation to Congress and to critics is we know it's 100% possible because look at all these companies that already did it. It's exactly what John Ellis from DidCAC said at CS2 Tampa back in the day where he said that the most successful dibcac audit that they went through was a five person company so when the dod says or when the dod hears that it's too hard for small businesses that is probably true for a lot of small businesses but that isn't true 100 of the time so that's what they're going to lean on they're going to go the best one we ever did was a small business and people are going to go there's not enough assessment capacity and they're going to go well we already have 30 companies that went through and so it, you you just have to sort of take a broader view of what's going on and Reddit threads like this are a great lens to, I think, look at what's going on. Uh, that way you're getting your information from lots of different sources. So we'll link to the threads. Everybody should check it out. I think it's very interesting, especially when you combine it with this, the stats that we're in the AB Town Hall this month. Um, I think people should, should do your research, check it out, message people, uh, figure out what's going on. Absolutely. Well, That's
1: 110 for us, man. That's a perfect 110. We're out of here, right? There you go. We're out of
0: here. Last minute detail, Matt Travis, CEO of the Cyber AB. He's going to be talking at CS2 Denver coming up here at the beginning of October. Podcast listeners get a discount on their registration. That information will be down below. Uh, Producer Dustin will put that information up on the screen. I can't remember what the discount code is off the top of my head, but you'll be able to see it. You'll be able to find it in the description. Matt Travis is going to be there sharing some information. I think this is going to be the largest CS2 that we've ever done in terms of the sheer number uh, of speakers uh, by quite a bit. So there's lots of interesting panels, lots of great information, lots of different topics,
1: including Matt Travis himself. Everybody should check it out, virtual and in person. Come hang out. Sum it up. CS2DEN is the promo code. S-U-M-I-T-U-P-C-S-2-D-E-N, all capital letters. Let's go. Thanks, buddy. All right. We'll see you guys next week. All righty.